0: We don't need a name, we're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass Carson Wentz and his offense. Prime time! boom Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York Football Giants. Deep, deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building.
1: <laughs> Dude, you should see B-Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being
0: a part of the show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> welcome back my friends to week 10 of the nfc east feast and an early happy veterans day weekend to all of those who served i'm sure that everyone around the nfl at this weekend's games will be um, honoring all of them so we thank you for your service john good to see you and welcome back to the feast how's it going man super excited I'm excited. The Cowboys are coming off of a bye week, so I I missed them last week. But I, I am, I'm excited to get back to, uh, to football. We got uh, all four teams back in action this week. Mm -hmm. So let's a uh, slow week last week. Yeah, only two, only two games. So, so we'll do a brief um, review of Week Nine, which of course started on Thursday night football when the Eagles traveled to Houston to face the Texans. Now, the first half of this game. Was pretty close. Um, Philly looked a little sloppy. They didn't have have their uh, second quarter magic as they so often do. And uh, credit to Houston and Lovey Smith. He, he brought those guys out to play in a primetime game. Uh, and Damian Pierce, the uh, the rookie out of Florida. I don't know if there's a more violent runner in the National Football League than Damian per- Pierce. He had like 139 yards rushing, kept them in the game. But in the second half, the Eagles pulled away. Um, on the arm of Jalen Hurts, they really didn't have a dominant running game. Uh, Dallas Goddard had a, had a fantastic game, got 100 yards, got in the end zone. I believe AJ Brown got another touchdown for them. Crazy stat I saw this week, John, was that AJ Brown has more receiving yards than the entire Tennessee Titans as a team. So I'm I'm sure that they're missing um, big number 11 <laughs> there in uh, Music City, Gosh, but but other other than that is this was a good team versus a bad team and the bad team kept it competitive, but the Eagles are still undefeated and uh, I'm, I'm still impressed. How about you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I watched this game in pieces. I didn't, I didn't admittedly, I didn't watch all of it. Um, But even watching it, like you said, like the first half looked a little slow. Like the Eagles kind of came out a little. So I think this was like the most you're going to see the Eagles play down to an opponent, Yeah. but it almost felt like they were like, kind of like, toying like like playing with their food you know Mm -hmm. like toying with a lesser opponent i think that i think the eagles if this were say a playoff game they could have come out and they could have won this game more handedly if they wanted right damian pierce is fierce um that's for sure um dude that dude runs violently but then like david mills uh throws two touchdowns but he also throws two picks so it's like again i think the eagles you know like you said, offense looked good. They didn't have a huge running game, um, but I think a little bit of that was game script. But sure. still, I think um, that Miles Sanders still had 93 yards. I mean, oh, wow. 5.5 <laughs> average and a touchdown. And, like, and I said that's, that's
0: not a good game for them. Right.
2: But it, yeah, exactly. So they're, the Eagles are fine.
0: Yeah, they'll, they'll be all right. Um, to to segue into our next game, uh, everyone wants to say that. Oh, but the Eagles haven't played anybody. Well, a team I know they did play was the Minnesota Vikings, who are now seven and one, and their only loss was to Philadelphia. And of course, Minnesota came to the nation's capital to to, to face the Commanders this week. They come away with a, I believe, a twenty seventeen uh, win, tough tough win. Um, and I think this, although it is is a disappointing loss for the Commanders. It's a moral victory because I do think, and in no particular order, I'll say the, the elite teams of the NFC are Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco. And I, and I might throw my Cowboys in there just to be a homer. But but one of the better teams in, in the NFC, Kirk Cousins, comes to town. And Washington showed up to fight. I, I love to see little Dax Milne get in the end zone. And uh, I don't know what was going on with that Heineke pass where it looked like the referee took out Minnesota's safety. But regardless, Curtis Samuel gets gets a deep touchdown, keeps you guys in the game, and they need a walk off field goal to beat you. So I I, th- I think it's a pretty good performance by Washington. Not a lot of things I saw in the offense really stuck out to me, but the defense again I think is is playing pretty good. And well, is Chase Young? He has to be back any week now. He's jumping up and down on the sidelines. The guy looks like he's ready to come back.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's primed to come back. If not um monday night here um coming up Mm at then at least by
0: week 11 i would assume for sure i would love to see him return for the for the monday night game against the eagles be awesome be big time you guys Um, uh, couldn't couldn't get the running game going i noticed with b rob or gibson
2: yeah and i mean i think honestly i think antonio gibson at this point in their career is the better overall running back i think that everybody was oohing and on over Robinson obviously he had the tragic shooting that happened that uh you know Washington PR felt like they had to take advantage of to cover up (laughs) some new dirt on them but yeah we we struggled to get the running game going I thought that for how poorly we played offensively um kudos to the defense man they really rattled Cousins um in this game he didn't look great Um, You have somebody like Justin Jefferson, obviously, who still helps you get it done, but he was 22 of 40 for 265 through a pick. Like, kudos to the defense, man. Dalvin Cook didn't really get going. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, you said moral victory. I don't know. I'm trying to raise my standards here from now on, like talking about Washington, because it's it's just like it's been so long since we've been a good competitive team. And, like, too often I feel like – so many fans, like with Heineke specifically, like we can't score offensively. No. Middle of the field is a complete dead zone. Like the offense dies between the <laughs> 30s. Uh we're scoring 17 points average per game, uh, if you if you negate week one. So since week one, 17 points. Heineke's a fun story. He's a really cool dude, but he's just a guy. He can't make a big jag. throws. Yeah, he's a jag. That's exactly what I wrote down. He can't make big throws right? Like he threw that one big throw that was over 20 yards was to Curtis. That would have been a pick had the ref not tackled the safety. (laughs) Like we got so lucky on that, which is great. Lucky stuff happens in games. That's obviously an anomaly, but the next longest throw that he threw was the interception that pretty much put the dagger in the game. We had a little bit of a fight at the end there with the defense, but he's got magic moments, but like he makes just like counters them with like terrible mistakes and all of that to say that makes me feel so bad for Terry, but Defense yeah. looks awesome. John Allen and Daron Payne are both Pro Bowl interior D-line and I yes. hope that with the ownership change if there's front office changes as well, I hope that we figure out a way to keep Duron Payne cuz you know there was a lot last year about him being kind of like a cancer or you know whatever issues they had in that Cowboys game sure. where him and Allen were throwing punches. He's a dude. Uh Saint Juiced, Played pretty well against Jefferson. I mean, all said and done, he's a young kid. He grabs a lot. He got flagged a couple of times, but I think that's just him kind of still developing. And Cam Curl, man, led the, led the team in tackles on defense, like just a stud. I think Cam Curl's
0: guy. the highest graded safety in pro football. Yeah,
2: yeah. I saw your post. He, he's just playing out of his shoes, man. He's And, and it's awesome to see, because I know George has loved him for some time, uh-huh. drafting him like sixth or seventh round. Like, awesome, dude. What a steal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the game was further apart than the score makes it real. That makes you realize like we like, again, like they won the game on a, on a late field goal, but, um, we kind of made like another boneheaded coaching mistake where like at the end of the game, we have time on the clock. We mismanaged some timeouts. We mismanage a freaking challenge that doesn't come to fruition, messes up another timeout. We could have let them score at the end of the game, like kind of played soft defense, let them score, saved ourselves time and tried to make a comeback. But instead, Ridgeway has a freaking penalty on the first attempt and runs more of the clock off. He hits the center, the long snapper. I don't know if you saw that. I think you
0: got Ridgeway from the Cowboys.
2: We did. And I'm happy with Ridgeway, but he makes a boneheaded play there. He hits the center. They get a first and 10. Uh, from the goal like basically from the goal line yeah it's just it's just a comedy of errors sometimes and like I said it certain things made the the freaking lucky catch the, the the ref issue it just made the game look closer than it really was um, Vikings are good man like you said seven and one it's a good team
0: they're a good team let, let me ask you based on what you've seen with Heineke, when Carson once is ready to come back here in a couple of weeks, would you like to see him back under center, or do you, do you just stick with Taylor?
2: I've seen um, a couple of people talking. Like, the, obviously, these are hotly debated topics online amongst Commanders fans, and I feel like I'm in the I'm in the bring Carson back party because, mm-hmm. like, we know what we have in Heineke, and I right. said that from day one. I said bring Carson back. We need to fig- We need to suss out like if he's had any growth whatsoever. Can he play any better? Because right. if not, we're done with them. We're cutting ties, and then maybe two games left, three games left in the season. Throw Hal out there, see what yeah, we got. I forgot in, about Hal. But with the looming changes, I don't know where everybody's headspace is at. Like, what is this front office and coaching staff going to want to do at the end of the year when, like, they're not, they don't care if they're, if they don't think they're retaining their jobs. I don't, you know, it's like, there's so much up in the air, right? So it's like, what's the use of trying anything else out? If they're desperate for wins to make sure that their resume looks good. I don't know. For sure. It's all well, a mess, well, as, but- it, as
0: it stands right now. Um, although I'm sure you and most of commanders nation is disappointed. You guys are sitting at four and five and that ladies and gentlemen is a better record than the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, are tied with the commanders. And you guys also have a better record than Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So before the year started, I bet most talking heads would have said the Rams, Bucks, and Packers were the three best teams in the NFC. and You guys are just as good or better than them. So I still think you guys have a lot to to fight for. And certainly we'll talk about maybe you you can fight for ending the Eagles' uh, undefeated season on Monday night. But uh, let's get into the Sunday games first. Um, The power rankings, guys, I'm not even going to go over them. They haven't changed. I was really excited, John, about these power rankings because the NFC East is is so like usually topsy turvy. I thought like oh, every week yeah. I was I was gonna have to sit down and really think who one through four was, but it's it's pretty it's pretty easy um, right now. Eagles one, Cowboys two, Giants three, Commanders four. So yeah, what? I
2: definitely think we need to pick this up again though next year because this is like you said, typically the NFC East is is a uh, is a roller coaster ride of a division for sure.
0: And who knows? The Giants and the Cowboys have the same record right now. So if, if the Cowboys drop a game to the Packers, which they have so often done in the past, maybe the Giants could can shake things up. For, for now, we'll keep them the same. And we will talk about the New York football Giants, who are coming off of a bye week. And so they're going to be well-rested. And they're going to host the Houston Texans. I apologize to the audience that we're going to talk more Houston Texans football. (laughs) But but Davis Mills, Damian Pierce, and I think Brandon Cooks is going to play in this game. He sat out last week with what they were calling an injury. I think he was just disgruntled because he wasn't dealt at the deadline. But he's a good weapon for them. So those Giants defensive backs are going to have to uh, make sure that Brandon Cooks doesn't beat them deep because he is one of uh, the better deep threats in all of football. Uh, the Giants are four and a half point favorites in this game at home. Surprise, it's not more. I think that's that. That's Vegas telling us that Houston's a competitive one win team because the Giants are six and two and they're only you know favored by a handful of points. But yeah. I do think the Giants get it done in this game coming off of a bye week. I think good coaches generally have their teams ready to play off a of bye week, and in the little evidence I have, I'm going to say Brian Dable is a good coach because I know, yeah. like uh, for example, Andy Reid is is nearly undefeated coming off of bye weeks. So I think that that Coach Dable is is going to have that type of success here. Saquon is clearly healthy, and now he got a little bit of rest. Daniel Jones has been shaky, so maybe the extra practice time did him some good. And the Texans' defense is is. Obviously not a juggernaut. I, I would struggle to even name uh, several starters on the Houston Texans defense. So I, th- I think um, Simone Biles' um, husband plays for them. I think his last oh, name yeah. is Owens. <laughs> so that so, so shout out to Simone and uh, you know the greatest gymnast of all time. <laughs> but, but that's all I have to say nice about Houston. I think the Giants get it done here, just simply running the football. Give Saquon Barkley the 25 touches that he needs, and I think he will give you 100 yards and a touchdown in return. I'd like to see some of these Giants playmakers um, step up. If uh, Kenny Galladay, are you ever going to play again? Maybe, maybe check the injury report real quick to see if if, if he's on it. Um, I, Wandale Robinson is the guy I'm going uh, to look to yeah. get, uh, get in the end zone this week. And someone I wanted to talk about, though, and Darius Slayton as well. He's actually been—I think Slayton would be considered their number one receiver. But I want to talk about my NFC, probably. the NFC East bonehead of the week, Giants safety Xavier McKinney.
2: Yeah, during I was gonna, during I don't the know if you're going to bring it up
0: <laughs> during the bye week. If you guys haven't seen this, he pulled a real Jason Pierre-Paul, and uh, he went <laughs> he went uh, out on an ATV. And I haven't got – if you know any more details of it, John, all I heard was just it, it's a hand injury, and he's going to yeah. miss multiple weeks. So I'm guessing this guy maybe got his hand ran over or something. But come on, Xavier, on the bye week, dude, just hang out on the couch. Just be smarter, man. But he's he's uh, one of their better defensive backs. They're, they're, they're going to miss him.
2: Yeah. When you were – right early on when you were talking about Brandon Cooks and, and Houston getting them back, I thought to myself – Xavier McKinney, man, that's going to, uh, that might be a, a sore spot now. Right. I don't know what yeah. he did on the ATV. Like you could do some wild stuff. I'm sure I had him growing up as a kid. Like yeah. if you're running them at high speeds off of something and you kind of <laughs> slip or I don't know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily surprised at the line. I know you said you could have seen it being a little bit bigger, but you mentioned Vegas saying, Maybe this, you know, one win Texans team or two win Texans team is a little bit better than we think. But I also think they would probably agree with us that we've been saying all year long that Giants, they're not like an amazing team. They just grit right. it out. They just grit these games out. And I think this is going to be another situation where the Giants grit this one out. Um, like you said, coming fresh off of a bye, Saquon's got fresh legs uh i mentioned last week actually specifically how bad the, the texans defense was it's 32nd and points allowed Oof. um so yeah this should be a, a great game to kind of get the giants coming off of the bye let's get hot in the second half of the year danny dimes hopefully recoups from his uh lesser of a game the week before he really right. didn't play well so yeah let's see if dayball coaches him up um and see if they can stave off that Jamie and Pierce run running attack because Houston could come out here and and get the get the ground uh, game going and, and kind of get control of this, you know. If Davis Mills is slinging two touchdowns against the Giants, that's way different than if you know Thursday night when they're playing the Eagles. Um, so I, again, I think it'll be competitive. Um, I think these are two lesser teams, but could still be a fun watch. Um, yeah. You didn't uh, you didn't say your score. What you got
0: for this one? I. I'll swallow the points. I think it's a close competitive game, but I'll say Giants 27 to 21. So they cover the four and a half. Okay.
2: man, that's a high scoring game for the Giants. Um, I'm going to go a little bit closer. I think that I think Houston covers and I think it's probably the under. Um, I'm going Giants 21,
0: Houston 17. 21, 17. The over under for for our degenerates out here in this game is only 40. Wow, so yeah. that's Vegas telling us that yeah, like you said the Giants the Giants don't score a lot of points, so maybe I was getting uh, a little rich with my score uh, there. Hey, coming off the buy though. I mean, you can see yeah. it happen. For sure. And may- maybe Uh f-
2: you mentioned Wandell Robinson. I would really like to see him cuz a lot of people were comping him to Kadarius Tony. They were yes. almost criticizing the Giants for drafting him saying you got K- Kadarius Tony 2.0, well now they lose him. Like somebody's got to step up to make plays there, dude. Like you were saying, Kenny Galladay. I, I think that ship has sailed. But yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, we, we we shall see. But I think I think the Giants will come out and uh, put a better product on the field than than when they left. They they're coming off of only their second loss of the season, so I think they get back on track here in the win column. And man, if if they're going in a week out of Thanksgiving and they're seven and two, they still got to be incredibly happy with, oh them, with how the season's yeah. going. Now let's go to America's Game of the Week. Uncle Bob, I don't know if you're listening to the pod, but I know my Uncle Bob will be at this game. I almost got oh, a chance man. to go with him. It, it didn't work out. I'm, I'm so jealous, though, that he would be in, in the football mecca that is Green Bay, Wisconsin at, at the Frozen Tundra. That's well, a, a bucket list for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think I hope one day we all, we all get to go out there, man. Uh, this game scares me, man. As, as bad as the Packers have been playing... Aaron Rodgers is my father when it comes to football. <laughs> He's the daddy of the Dallas Cowboys, man. Um, you remember going all the way back to the Dez Bryant catch? That's that was a tough loss for us in the Tony Romo years. Uh, then a, a couple years later, in Dak and Zeke's rookie year, the Dallas Cowboys were thirteen and three. We we're the number one seed in the NFC, and Aaron Rodgers, as they say in the corny Christmas commercials he went to Jared and he finds Jared (laughs) cook (laughs) on a crazy, like he's rolling out to his right. He stops. He flings the ball halfway across his body. Jared cook somehow toe taps it in. And then Mason crossbar comes in and like the, the, it was like a 55 yard field goal. It's curving left. This is an indoor stadium. And somehow like a gust of wind, somebody turns (laughs) on the AC. It sneaks in. They, they beat us. It's heartbreaking. It Rogers just has a way with us. and, if we're ever going to get revenge, though, it has to be this week. I mean, this team, after coming off of a loss to the Detroit Lions, where Rodgers threw three interceptions, two of them in the end zone. Um, one of them, he's throwing it off people's helmets. He's missing wide-open David Paktiari left tackles like on trick plays. He's not himself. And if you guys saw the Green Bay Packers injury report, they had... Uh, defensive back Eric Stokes left the game on crutches. Linebacker Rashawn Gary is out for this season with a knee injury. Aaron Jones is banged up. I do think he's going to play, and I think that will be the Packers' key to victory if they do get a win. The Dallas Cowboys have a hole in their de- de- defense, and it's it's the run game. So I, I expect a heavy dose. If not Aaron Jones being healthy, look out for Quadzilla. Uh, A.J. Dillon and, and the biggest quads in football are going to be coming at my defensive line. So uh, although Aaron is the one who normally gives me nightmares, I'm scared of the Green Bay running game. But I do think this is the week that the Cowboys exact their revenge on the Green Bay franchise. Coming off of a bye week... Dak Prescott is 100% healthy. He's looked good in limited action, although it was against the Lions and the Bears. So this is going to be against much stiffer competition. I mean, Jair Alexander might be one of the best corners in all of football, so he's going to lock down CD. So I need my Dalton Schultz's of the world, uh, Noah Brown, um, Michael Gallup. Um, and 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 just for good note, get, uh, please sign Odell Beckham. It's it's tantalizing. I like uh. you it's like all of these tweets, like back and forth between Micah and Odell and Jerry and Mike McCarthy. Uh, John, what do you, before we break down the game, do you? where do you think Odell ends up? Do you think he comes to Dallas?
2: Uh, so I can't remember who I was having a conversation with about this, but it's a perfect fit. It drives me, it makes me sick to my stomach because I don't want anything ever <laughs> good to happen to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. um, but like Buffalo, I tried to like, you know, Vaughn and him are boys. That just doesn't seem to fit for me yeah and there's they have plenty of wide receiving talent like where does Odell yes. fit into that plan I, I feel like that would be a really good fit for him like why are you going to go back to the Rams they're struggling he's yeah he's clearly that he's a gun for hire right he's chasing Super Bowls yes um yeah I mean why not the Cowboys that, that that literally like I said that's uh somebody was it coward said he's a star player and the Cowboys are a star franchise so it fits yeah. And, and he up.
0: doesn't. I know um, he doesn't want to play in cold weather. If you remember the the infamous game where he went on a a, a boat in South Beach before he played uh, the the Green Bay Packers, he he was dropping balls left and right. He doesn't like cold weather, so I don't think Buffalo's the spot. Certainly not Green Bay, struggling. Um, Dallas seems like a good fit. If not, maybe Kansas City, just so he could be just another weapon. But they they just picked up Kadarius Tony, so uh, yeah, he wants yeah, Dallas, targets. Dallas seems like a fit, and I think. Um, he could be a number two receiver in this offense, but uh, but back Absolutely. to the guys who who are going to be on the field. Um, I need Gallup or Noah Brown, as I said, to to step up. Maybe my rookie tight ends, Peyton Hendershot and uh, Jake Ferguson. But what we need to do is run the football. That will be. The, I think whatever team ends up with a better running margin might just be that team that that wins this game. Uh, Zeke has been limited in practice. I do think he comes back in this game, and I hope that Zeke has a role in this offense. I hope he gets. 8-10 to 10, uh, carries. He gets all the goal line work, the short yardage stuff. But Tony Pollard, please give this guy 17-20 to 20 touches. Um, I, I'd like sure. to see him get 14 or 15 carries and uh, use him in a short passing game as well. So Tony Pollard, uh, guys, keep him in your lineups. I know he he went off for everyone who who started him last uh, time. He, he played against the Bears. He had three touchdowns. I think that he can get over 100 yards, get in the end zone this week. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, if you're going to throw three interceptions to Green Bay, I trust Trayvon Diggs to get one. And Micah Parsons is going to be coming after that ass. So I've got my Dallas Cowboys to finally beat Aaron Rodgers. The Cowboys are favored. I believe it's five in this game, four and a half now. It's down to four and a half. I got the Cowboys to cover, actually. I'm going to go Cowboys, 26, Packers, 19.
2: Good pick, man, and a cover. That's big. Um, yeah, gosh, like the Packers are just such a freaking head scratcher this year. It's like, it's so hard to put your pulse on what this team is going to do. I was, I felt the same way playing against them as, you know, them coming to the commanders at home. I'm like, this is going to be the Aaron Rodgers get right game, right? Like something's got to give. And then they just get like, it seems like they've gotten worse, you know? (laughs) I mean, they did play the bills, but then the lions game like last week was just, so it's like are they at rock bottom? Like, can, like can, is there anywhere else to go from here, but hopefully up for them? That's where you, I see where you could be nervous, but I don't know, man. I've, I've watched the Packers, my stepbrother, Max, who hopefully we get him on the pod here to, to, to yes. guess spot the pack sometime this season. Um, I, I watch a lot of it and I talk a lot of it with him and there's just really nothing encouraging right now about the way that they're playing, man. and, uh, you mentioned Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is one of my favorite players in the NFL. I had him in fantasy for two or three years. And just, I love the way that he plays. He's an undersized guy, but he plays bigger than he is. And Max has a great stat. And I, I won't butcher it, but it's basically something along the lines of Aaron Jones gets X amount of touches. The Packers record is, is significantly better. Okay. And you just like, wh- like, why? I almost feel like, because the game got so out of hand against the Lions that they were like, we're just pulling Jones. I don't know that he was truly hurt. So like like you said, I think he's good for this game. Um, But I I just think you look at the team, like the teams that the Packers have played, other than the Bills, who are very good. um, They played the Jets, who look to be fairly decent, the Lions, the Commanders. Like you guys are comparable to the Bills, you know, as far as competition. So I think this is too steep for the packers again i think like you said mike is going to be coming coming for rogers discount double check um (laughs) and when he doesn't have time to throw right now he doesn't trust these wide receivers so things get sloppy quick um so yeah trayvon Diggs, you're going to put a little money on a on a possible pick um i like that but i agree with you cowboys flip side got to get the run game going to ease just just to get the offense rolling right right and it's funny the longer the season goes on you guys' zeke issue and tony pollard issue seems to be a little bit of a mirror of washington right it's like we've got brian robinson who i like and i want him to be involved in the offense but gibson just looks like the more electric back he catches the ball well he plays well out of the backfield still and it's it's kind of the same thing i could see you saying like. Yeah, sure, let's get Zeke involved, but Pollard is the guy that, that's going to make a difference. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Packers defense is another one that um, I thought would be better. We were talking about the Chargers uh, yes. pre-pod. I thought that they would be better. They've got talent all over the field, but I just think that, you know, Dak is playing well, as you mentioned. You guys are coming off of a bye. You should be coached up well. You should be prepared for a sliding Packers team. Um, let me see my score here. I got I got a closer game. I got the um, the Packers cover. You said it was four and a half or four.
0: It's down to four and a half. Okay, yeah.
2: I got I got the Packers just covering. So Cowboys twenty four,
0: Packers twenty. Okay, I do think it, it, this is going to be a fun competitive game. Um, and it, it's this is a, this game is a shame um, that I I would love to have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman at this game. Like this feels like they should be there, but of course they're on Monday night now. So yeah, I'm sure it'll be. Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson and those guys are all right um also uh I believe Romeo Dobbs is going to be out this game he also was injured in the yep. Lions game so yeah. Rogers is going to be t- dependent on uh, Sammy Watkins of course Alan Lazardo probably be the number one guy Christian Watson maybe Robert Tanyan uh so just guys he doesn't have good rapport with and although I'm usually pretty critical of my head coach Mike McCarthy I'm happy for Coach McCarthy in this game because if he can come back to Green Bay where he was fired and get a win, it's got to feel good. Because it, if you remember when Aaron and Mike McCarthy split up, because it seems like that's why he was fired. He, he, he was not oh, yeah. Aaron. Aaron and Mike McCarthy were not getting along. Coach McCarthy was calling the plays. Aaron was changing them in the huddle. And as soon as McCarthy got fired and ushered out the door, he took a year off work. Came back, struggled initially with the Cowboys, and Matt Matt Lafleur came in, and I feel like the Packers have won thirteen games every single year ever since. They mm-hmm. have they haven't had the postseason success, but 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 it kind of it just made it look like oh Aaron didn't need McCarthy, he was holding him back. So so for Coach McCarthy to come in there with his strongest team he's had, and hopefully come out with a victory, I'll, I'll be happy for him, and I'll look forward to see. Um, I'm sure the leaders of the Cowboys giving him uh, the the game ball, so that that's what uh, sure. what I will look forward to. And I also look forward to Monday Night Football, which will be two of the NFC East finest. The Washington Commanders are traveling to Philly. Tough place to play. Uh, We're the best team in the NFC. The Eagles are undefeated 8-0. They're 11-point favorites. Uh, before we dive into the X's and O's of the game, John, I I want to talk more about the dysfunction that is the <laughs> Washington franchise <laughs> And something stack, that it you, up, stack it <laughs> something up. Stack up. Something you sent earlier today, um, and I'll just touch on quickly and let you get into more details. The Washington D.C. Attorney General <laughs> has filed a lawsuit against Dan Snyder, the Washington Commanders, Roger Goodell, and the NFL. He's going for the Russian roulette right there. Like, what the hell is going on?
2: So I sent you guys that tweet earlier, um, and obviously you you uh, you sent the article link afterward. Um, yeah, I, I think that this is, and I'm kind of gloating in it, man. I'm kind of reveling in it. I think that this <laughs> is everybody at this point now kind of kicking Daniel Snyder while they while they think he's down. Yeah. Um, and I hope it continues. The tweet that I sent you guys is from DC Sports Twitter account. It says, embarrass Dan the way he has embarrassed a loyal fan base for 20 plus years. He deserves everything that's coming his way. I can't wait to be freed from his toxicity. I and mean, that just sums <laughs> up my feelings. Um, you know, they, they sent out just like a pathetic little response to the AG, not even announcing the news, but announcing a couple of days ago that they would be announcing the news. Yeah. So as a deflection, Dan's apparently his external, so not organizationally related counsel comes out with a statement where they basically the, the through brian robinson's situation into the mix to basically say the ag shouldn't really be focusing on this and parading this he's just doing this to make himself look publicly as he's about to leave office instead he should be focusing on this brian robinson case and it's just like (laughs) dude just it's the last gasps of a of a drowning man and it's embarrassing but this is typical this is what we've come to expect and i've talked about it multiple times in the pod you know, as fans, you have to compartmentalize it. Our players, I feel so bad for them because they have to try to compartmentalize it. But the, there's, there's cracks. Cracks are showing now. Players, yes. when you... So they've had to do that for so long. They've had to distance themselves for so long. And now two players already have, you know, in the media said things uh in in regards to the situation. When typically they just give the the PR answer, oh, you know, we can't hear the outside noise or whatever the hell they say. Charles Leno, who's a leader on the offensive line and kind of a leader on the offense because we're hurting so badly in in that category, uh, basically said, yeah, we hear it. It's disappointing. They definitely shouldn't have brought, you know, a player's name into their outside mess, but we can't let it affect us. Right. So then moves on to the next St. Juice, the young kid, uh, told a French newspaper uh, that there's been a ever since he's been with the team, there seems to be a dark cloud over the organization.
0: I mean, Genesequa, would you say? Yeah,
2: exactly. That is a poetic response for uh, the dumpster fire that is (laughs) the black cloud is from the burning trash. But no, man, it's just so frustrating. It's like I I told you guys I was laughing because I literally was thinking all week, okay, like it is what it is. Hopefully the sale happens sooner rather than later, end of season, and we can move on. Let me try and cover some Washington football. For real yeah. this, this time. And uh, yeah, no, can't do that because more shit's going to keep coming up, hopefully. I hope it does. Like I said, there's a part of me now that just laughs. And it's like I, I want them to continue to kick Dan Snyder while he's down because that's what he did to our franchise. And it's so frustrating because it just makes me think you keep talking about the wins that we have this year and that we can, we we look to be competitive in an NFL that's a little bit mucky this year. And it just makes me think for the past 20 years since I've been a fan, like – He's never put this team in a good position to win, and we. So it's like, what team? What like our mediocre teams? Our teams that flashed a little bit at some point or another, where we won the division, or where we won a wild, or we didn't win a wild card, went to a wild card game. Um, like what could we have been with mediocre ownership, Right. right? Like in the same in the same situations. So it's frustrating, but you know. Like the players, man. It's like we gotta, we gotta block out the outside noise and look to this week. So well, I'm sure you know. that
0: uh, you saw that trying to join Jeff Bezos and Jay Z was Matthew McConaughey in the all right. All right, all right. The, yes, and I know that would be all right, all right, for all of you Commanders fans. I think that would be if if those three. If if it was a combination of the richest man in the world, Mr. Bezos, Jay Z, one of the 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 greatest hip hop moguls and artists of all time, and I mean, who doesn't love Matthew McConaughey? That just for 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 his great performances he's given us over the years, and just his likability um, in real life, I, I think that would be tremendous. So I'm rooting for that um, for for you guys. You certainly deserve that after um, all these years of agony, and uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for you on, on on Monday Night Football. I I think that. The 11 points is way too much. I don't think you're going to pull off the upset. But I I do think the Commanders come out and play much more competitive. That first game when the Eagles came to Washington, they just put it on you guys so quick. And when I say they, I mean Devontae Smith. Like Devontae Smith just took that game overhead, like 150 yards and two touchdowns in like the first half. So if you guys just, just, just can contain Philadelphia in the first half, it seems like... Jimmy Johnson actually came out and said, and people are going to be like, oh, it's, it's a Cowboys, you know, Homer take because he, he's um, a former Philadelphia rival. But he made a comment about how the Eagles are such a hard team to prepare for because their offensive personnel, you can't replicate it on a scout team. So it seems like they, they just onslaught teams in the first half. And normally the second half of their game seemed to tighten up because the def, uh, defensive coaches on the other sideline. Can get a play, um, excuse me. Can get a, a game plan to stop Jalen Hurst and what they're running. So I think yeah. if you guys can just hold the line in the first half and go into halftime down by less than double digits. I think it's a competitive football game, but the Eagles' defense is just freaking good, man. C.J. Gardner Johnson leads the NFL in interceptions, so I need Heineke to protect the ball here. I think if Heineke can. Have a turnover-free game, or maybe just one interception. (laughs) I think I think Washington can play competitive, and I'm I'm just gonna bank on the fact that, like you said, those those big Pro Bowl level defensive tackles and Deron Payne and John Allen can fire up this defense. Cameron Curl, one of the better safeties in the league, and these young corners led by Saint Juiced. I think that I think the Washington defense holds the Eagles under 30 points. If that's a victory, I'm gonna say that the Eagles win this game 26 to 20. I think it's a close game. And I think that the Eagles, I think it's tied up, I'll say in the second half and the Eagles just use their superior personnel to eventually get the game winning touchdown. But I think this is a competitive football game.
2: Yeah. I like your score better than mine. I was literally just thinking about adjusting mine right before you spoke and you said the score that came to my mind. So I definitely like your score better than mine. Um, But I think that that was a really good summation of the game. I think defensively, um, I may pick this game slightly different if I knew for sure that Chase was playing. Yeah, but, th- but even still, I think I think he needs some time to warm ramp up. You know, like I don't yeah. think he's going to come out lights out of his first game. But as you mentioned, our defense has gotten better uh, over the course of the the season, and they really have kind of you know stepped it up. They're playing. Um, they're playing very well all like albeit our offense kind of putting us in bad positions sometimes so um defensively i hope that i agree with you i think it would be a win to keep them under 30 and i think we do um our defensive run game with those with the interior D line has really done a good job so yeah. again it's going to be it's it's going to be a lot of weight on our back end we didn't have cam curl the first time we played them Mm. Um, and he's definitely a leader on our defense. Um, he, he really has made a big difference, not just in the secondary, but in the run stopping. So I hope we kind of pull all of that together um, and have another good showing on defense. But on the flip side of the ball, um, the Eagles and against our offense, you mentioned their defense. I don't like, again, like I have fun watching Heineke, but I the like keep in mind when I, when I have, say my score, I think there's a chance that Heineke gives away two touchdowns to the Eagles. I mean, we just seem to always be in bad field position and he can make, like I said, he can kind of make those bonehead plays. I think again, we might struggle to get the run game going. I hope for the second time this year, Scott Turner can get creative on offense because he seems to forgot how to do that after the Jags game because we're going to need to do something. We're going to need to Figure out a way to create points because if we don't this this is gonna be a blowout, and that eleven point line is gonna look uh like a juicy uh like a juicy bat <laughs> um, for my score, I'm saying eagles twenty eight twenty. Um, round okay. scores are weird like that. I don't know if they score four touchdowns. That's why I was thinking your score I like a little bit better. But yeah. like I said, their freaking defense is what worries me the most. I think our defense could could hold them under 28. Definitely, I think they hold them under 30. But I just – their their defense is going to be too
0: much for our offense. This, this game could be won and lost in the trenches. I need the interior defensive line of the commanders to hold up because – Uh, That huge rookie they got, uh, they drafted out of Georgia, Jordan Davis, is Mm. wreaking havoc already in the league. And, of course, Fletcher Cox. I I don't know. That's a good question. He was injured last week. He didn't play. Okay. Well, I I hope for your sake he's out. Even if he is... You've got Fletcher Cox. You've got uh, Javon Hargrave, who had a, a hat trick of sacks against the Texans last Thursday night. Mm-hmm. They, they just rotate some big bodies, so I, I hope that um, the interior O line of Washington can hold up. And on the flip side, if you guys can blow up these read options that Jalen Hurts is is faking or, or taking himself to Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, I think that that could lead the way to a close loss, or, or who knows, maybe even an upset. Win this is the NFC East is as dominant as Philly has been. I think something that we've learned over the years is that upsets happen in this division. We've had Deshaun Jackson take walk off punts for touchdowns. We've oh, we've gosh. had a lot of crazy shit happen in, in the months. NFC. East. Yes, so so um, I think it.
2: Yeah, and I, and it's this is a tough game too because I because of the growth that Washington's had um, over the season. Um, philly's been dominant from week one whereas washington like jamon davis right he's playing night and day different i think or, or night and day better um than he was the first time we played the eagles we also didn't have john Ridgeway, so um yeah it'll be uh it should be a different game but then eagles are at home and they're gonna have to, rowdy to terrible fans so. um
0: your linebackers need to, uh both uh, Davis and Cole Holcomb sideline to sideline. If, if you guys, if they can support the defensive line and, and shut that running game down, truly make Jalen hurts be a pocket quarterback and, and beat them with his right arm. You guys might have a chance, but as you said, the primetime game, I said it before when the Cowboys played the Eagles on Sunday night, a few weeks ago, when you give those Philadelphia fanatics eight hours in the parking lot <laughs> at Lincoln financial field to indulge in yeah, adult right. beverages, they're going to be rowdy and bowdy and ready for some football on Monday night. So I think, uh, I think we're all going to enjoy this one. <laughs> and let's, uh, let's finish up guys. Unfortunately, Jay Lutz can't be with us. He's He's been having some technical difficulties um, with his computer, but he never leaves us without his picks of the week. And again, he's flirting with 500. He's 13 and 16. We're, oh. we're going to get him over 500 by the <laughs> end of the year. I, I believe in my guy. And uh, he had some good upset picks last week. He had the Titans plus twelve against the Chiefs. Titans mm-hmm. played very tough, so so he still got some good picks up his sleeve. And Luds, what he got for us this week, my friend?
1: Week ten already, boys. Week ten. Sorry about the memo this week uh, to all the listeners. I'm um, having internet connection issues, um, not to do with the storm actually, just been happening for a few days. But uh, trying to get it fixed, rectified. But let's get into these games. Um, as same as last week, I don't know, you know, where you guys are at with the order on these, but I'm going to start with Dallas at Green Bay. Let's all be honest. I think, uh, Green Bay is a little defeated. I think, uh, Aaron Rodgers just looks like he's defeated in most of his interviews after these games. I think they have no momentum. Uh, their offense is awful. Their defense has been average. Um, I think Dallas comes in and, and handles them.
0: Let's
1: go. Uh, I like uh, the way Dallas is starting to click. I think Dak's starting to get a little more comfortable on this offense. You know, he was out for quite a bit. But uh, Tony Pollard, everybody knows that's my guy. Uh, Dallas minus five. Uh, let's go with a score of 24 14. I'll give Green Bay 14 points. All right. Houston at the Giants. The G men favored four and a half this game at home. Um, You know, Houston. A bad team. We all know they're a bad team. I just think they're competitive, though. I don't think they're one of those bad teams that just completely lays down every game. I think they'll play hard. But I do have the Giants covering the spread here. I'm eating this game as well. Giants minus four and a half. I'm going to go 21-10. 21-10 in this game. Final game of the week, Washington at Philly. The Commandos all this good news about the owner selling the team, going to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Um, you know, I, I wrote this spread down. I'm not actually entirely sure what time this game is. I'm sure. This
0: is Monday night football, luds. Let's go.
1: You know, the boys have gone over the game. But <laughs> I'm going to take Philly at home this week. Um, but I do have Washington plus 11. I think Heineken. Is it competitive? Uh, I don't think it's a blowout. I'm going to go 27-23. Okay. Washington plus 11, 27-23. Philly's time's coming, though. I'm going to be picking them to lose sometime. some point, there's going to be a week I'm feeling, and I feel like they're going to lose, but not this week. Um, big divisional game. But we'll see how that one turns out. My upsets of the week, so I'm going to say upset of the week. I couldn't find another game this week guys to pair this with but i do like arizona plus one and a half over the rams Uh, The rams are just almost could beat the bucks but could edge it out i mean that's kind of sad the way the bucks offense has been playing but i'm going arizona plus one and a half i think they have enough offense to beat the rams and then just to parlay it if josh allen is out this week give me the vikings plus three and a half over the bills seven and one vikings uh, if Josh Allen plays, obviously I wouldn't take that bet, but Arizona plus one and a half appreciate you guys having me on every week. Hopefully I can get back on live next week. Have a good weekend and hope your teams do well.
0: Likewise, loves. We miss you brother. And, uh, I like his pick there, um, with the Cardinals plus one and a half. I don't know if you saw John, uh, Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol. Oh, so it- If Stafford misses that game, I definitely like the Cardinals. You got to get on that early
2: then, because if Stafford misses the game, that number will that number yeah, that line's gonna
0: change. And I am sure that Minnesota, if if Josh Allen doesn't play, um, Minnesota might might just be favored outright. But I know Josh Allen; he's got that uh, that UCL sprain, kind of a pitcher's injury. He was holding his right arm last week as they lost to the Jets, uh, and he hasn't thrown the football a week. So I think they're probably going to hold Josh out. So I think Minnesota goes to eight and one. Dang, is that Case Keenum right backing him up? Yeah. Yeah, Case Keenum, and Case Keenum, one of the better backups in the league. So we'll see how good Buffalo is. Case Buffalo's Keenum personal. revenge game. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it was Case Keenum. Case Keenum threw the ball to Stephon Diggs, right, in the Minneapolis Miracle when they yeah. beat the Saints in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Quite a run he had the, that year. It's, <laughs> it's just awesome, man. It, even when we step out of the NFC East, it's, it's just such good football we've been blessed with. We're only a couple weeks out of Thanksgiving where, you know, my Cowboys are going to play and the weather's going to get cold and, and uh, these divisions are going to start to tighten up. So uh, hopefully the Eagles come back to the pack. The Commanders get a couple wins here. And uh, by the time we're looking at Christmas, we got all four teams, you know, in, in the playoff on. That's that's my hope as always. Dude, uh, I would love it. But I, I appreciate you, man. Um, another great episode. And hopefully we can have uh, GVR and LUDS and get the whole family back on next week. Absolutely. But again, appreciate you all for listening. We love it when we love the NFC East. Peace.